0: with rants and raves you'll be okay and today is your lucky day it is rants and raves with gary K-K-K-K-K-K-K. hey everyone this is gary k and we are post infocom 2021 a show that none of us thought would happen a hundred percent, but we all felt confident that some kind of show would happen. And I actually had a chance to meet with Andrew Starks, the director of product management at MacNica America. How are you doing, Andrew?
1: I'm doing awesome. Thanks, Gary.
0: Thanks for joining me here on uh, the week after Infocom. And right. first off, I want to know how the show was for you because you're kind of there in a very interesting capacity because you serve two roles. You have your role with MacNica, which uh, we'll talk about in just a second, but you also are um, significant in the role that you're playing in trying to get an AV over IP standard adopted. Um, So you kind of wore two hats while on the show floor, didn't you?
1: Right. Well, yeah, generally, I believe I have like at least two jobs um, working with Ames and then all the other people that do the technical side of IPMX. But um, yeah, at the show, it was interesting for us. It was the the bar for attending was probably a a tiny bit lower because we were depending on other manufacturers being there. So. If the show floor was completely barren of actual, you know, customers, we were okay because we had the vendors to talk to. But I think on all fronts, you know, there there was good attendance. And uh, I was actually, you know, quite honestly surprised because um, we probably had about the average amount of dead time, but it wasn't very much. And, uh, you know, we had longer conversations and the people that were there were pretty committed. So it was a huge success uh, yeah, from both I, perspectives, I would agree with that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah, I would agree with that. I think it's pleasantly surprised is the term I keep hearing from, yeah. from everyone. I'm curious as to, you know, um, what were people's, uh, like, uh, what's the traction and interest in uh, the IPMX standard, proposed standard, which is based yeah. on SMPTE 2110, by the way, if you're interested, Google SMPTE 2110. Then IPMX, you'll find it or go to aimsalliance.org. But what is what was sort of the sentiment? Was there enough people that knew about it? I mean, we've been yeah. helping at Rave spread the word. What, what, did, what was it like?
1: We had, I would say like um, 5% like outright skeptics. And then we had mm-hmm. maybe 30% uh that were you you know just kind of ignorant of it um Mm -hmm. and and then the rest uh already knew about it and were looking for more info or you know there was a mix of reactions that's that's a different that shift Um, most people knew of what we were doing, uh, not so much from IPMax, but from 2110. and then we introduced the brand at ISC. And then that thing—I don't know if you remember it—but COVID happened. Yeah. <laughs> and then and then, I you know, and then we, and then every interaction we've had since then has really been through webinars and uh, online, you know, presence. So yeah. the, you know, the it's been building. I, I would say there's been a remarkable shift um, in awareness, really.
0: Um, and do you get a lot of challenges with regard to, uh, you know, how, how are you going to do a standard without having yeah. someone like Crestron and Xtron it, or, or do you, are there people are like, thank goodness that somebody's come up with a standard. How do we help you, you know, make sure that these companies adopt it?
1: So there's two groups. So the first group that you mentioned, they aren't so much concerned about a particular manufacturers. Uh, well, I, I would say it's more like, So what I hear all the time from customers is that they're waiting, you know, so like the demand for AV over IP, I think is quite depressed. Um, There's a lot more people that want to go IP than what are actually doing it because they're, they they do not want a proprietary ecosystem that's all lock in because they know they're never going to get a monitor with that port on it. They're never going to get, you know, anywhere beyond the gateway stage, right? And then they're looking at the pseudo standards, and and there's quite a few people that don't really think about the difference between something owned by one company and one that's truly an open standard. And um, and so those people, they're like, they want to know which one will win, and they're a little angry that there's yet another one. (laughs) And then when you talk to them a little bit more about the fact that like Matnica doesn't own this, like you can go out and get the documents and make whatever you want with it. And that isn't true of the other options out there. Once they understand that difference, then they start to have head nod and all that. And then the other thing that really kind of uh, captures the conversation, I would say, is, is, you know, when you when you look at some of the decisions made. So with IPMx, it is very much integrated with uh, live production workflows. So yeah. so your presentation workflows and your digital science workflows and your live production workflows are all first-class citizens in the IPMX standard. And the second thing that people really latch onto is the multi-gigabit um, uh, support. So, you know, you've got universities are a great example. They've got, yeah. um, you know, a ton of one gig use, but then they've got art situations where no matter what you tell them, they don't want anything that's compressed. And the same is true for medical. So they like the idea of being able to kind of pick, but having the same control plane and, uh, and really thought through kind of infrastructure interoperability, even though you, know, you have some devices that might be one profile or another, they, they want all of that under the same kind of umbrella.
0: Yeah, yeah you're exactly right. I think that the, the typical application for a university is 10 gig inside the room, one gig outside the room. So if we're keeping whatever is being switched and distributed inside the room, 10 gig it but when you go outside the room go one gig and that way we can send it wherever we want a gig and then and then we go and then we can go h.26465 outside of the campus right. i i think that's going to be the like and they want it all to work together so in other words yeah. they want to use the same decoding device whether it be soft or hard a piece of hardware they want that same device to be able to decode any of those three at any moment in time and get whatever bandwidth they want and that's that's the uniqueness of going with a standard that we don't have right now in the ecosystems. Cause even the ecosystems that do one gig and 10 gig, they don't work flawlessly together. Like the, you, you either, you're either one gig or 10 gig that you can't like, you can't pick and choose very easily. you got to, right. you got to kind of decide between it and there's not interoperability. Um, yeah. Well,
1: there, yeah. The, 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 the switching between the two, you know, the 10 and the one tends to have a lot more latency, a lot more, translation stuff. And then the other thing too that, that I think you know universities, especially but integrators really are opening up to it's a it's a longer conversation, especially if you're depending on who you're talking to within the integrators. But when you when you kind of point out that the API for IPMX is all like a higher level REST API versus the API that's typically with these AB over IP standards or C low-level APIs that require that are really designed to be implemented on a box and then yeah. Then the manufacturer's unique control layer kind of goes on top of that. With IPMX, there's plenty of creativity for control manufacturers and control developers to make, you know, really robust ecosystems. But the basic element of discovery, connections, and just you know, like property discovery, all of that is opened up at a real high level. So now universities, especially, but also integrators. Um, when they want to do weird, funky things internally, you know, they can, they have access to do that and it, it's a lot more straightforward.
0: Well, talk about, I mean, that's great. I mean, what you just said is exactly correct. What talk about um, the MacNica option? Because you're, you're providing yeah. sort of a design uh, standard option, which is yeah. universally compatible with all the different ways that you could build with uh, IPMX.
1: Right. Well, so in my conversations, it always starts with the open standard, you know, like, is that part of your strategy? And we talk about that for a while. And once, and there are quite a few manufacturers, like I said the majority of manufacturers that are either resigned to it or that's, it's like center in their strategy to, mm-hmm. to get to an open standard. For a lot of them, they're not innovating on the plumbing, they're innovating on the higher layers and they want yeah. more, you know, more of an ecosystem there. And so once we get to that point and start talking about uh, that, then then it's really how are you going to be ready on the day the standard is out? And um, and that is our mission. You know, we want to make sure that um, as early as possible, that people can make IPMX products out there. And and I'm going to say I'm going to break something on Gary Kay's, uh, you know, uh, cast here. Actually, I won't break it. I'll I'll, I'll make a strong prediction that I encourage you to go kind of uh, dig more on. I think that Infocom next year in June is really going to be where we start to see uh, real world interoperability. And, um, like, you know, that's where the rubber meets the road. As is, because I think this year it was still a bit of tire kicking. And, and what we heard a lot from many manufacturers is as soon as our customers start asking for it, then we'll start, you know, sort of thinking about it. So we took that to heart, <laughs> and we are um, we are making that our mission. And also to you know the the not just Ames, but also the other organizations that actually do the work with IPMX, um, we've really you know kind of made it clear to them that between here and uh, Infocom next year, we need to show multi-manufacturer interoperability. We need to show products
0: that are okay, on the Hold on right now. What yeah. I'm hearing you say. I'm gonna mm-hmm. I'm gonna decode what you're saying. What I'm hearing you saying is that by next year's Infocom, we could see IPMX also work with NVX, also work with Extron. Now. No, no, no. Not, what not, are you saying? Not,
1: I'm saying I'm saying that there should be not just Matnica's dev kit, but there should be other manufacturers that are showing IPMX products that have that can you know our dev kit can stream to them. Oh, okay, and they okay, can okay. stream between each other. To create to, create yeah.
0: a, a, an ecosystem of companies yeah. that are building on the same uh, platform of uh, compatibility, interoperability, right. and standard that is. So when do you yeah. think... Like, the, it's really not the standard IPMX is really not written in a format that can be passed yet, right? I mean, it's still being developed, right? It's not, there it's, are it's a proposed edges, yeah. standard, but it's not like, it's not like there's a committee that's going to say, yep, this is the standard. Well, it's not no, at that, I, that,
1: that is something that, I mean, Ames, Ames really is the one that has, you know, branded it. And we really set what the core requirements for to be IPMX are. Some of those, mm-hmm. like how you get certified and how that works and when you can use the logo, all that is still in process. Okay. The technology side, we actually have customers today that are selling product right now that are based on the IPMX core. What's missing though is the things that you need for um, uh, more pro- like the wider variety of Pro AV options. So like the key critical parts are you know, a good edited API and also HDCP. So those yeah. are the things that I think once we have HDCP interoperability, once we have good edited support, everything else that we've already, that we already have that's supporting like more of your live production workflows, that all comes together to a point where, you know, there's still more to do and still more we'd like, but now a manufacturer can credibly make a solution where a customer can do 99% of what they do and
0: it's interoperable. And, and um, timeline, I mean, where, when do you think? Well, be- I'm just, I'm saying, Gary, that, that I
1: think that really for us, we need to have that settled and true and legitimate at Infocom next year. Okay, um, okay. That, you know, that might be just more of my opinion now. And I think we might have more to say about that as we as we kind of move forward a bit. But that was our, you know, that was our real takeaway. And we're kind of in a position for that now. We're, we're really, ha- we have, um you know most everything's in flight that's required really and most of it is is you know we're we're dotting the i's and crossing the t's really um so standards kind of they they move at the pace they do you've got to get uh, engineers all across the world to be able to read a document where they can make you know a complex product that works with other complex products so it takes a lot of time to get it to that uh, yeah, okay. level of quality but we've, you know, we've obviously COVID's actually been a blessing in that way. We've been able to spend, you know, a ton of time on that and, and we've made huge progress. So we think that we can hit our targets.
0: Well, you can learn more at the MacNica site at MacNica.com and you can go to America's uh, for where Andrew h- hangs out. Or you yeah. can go to the Ames I Alliance, forgot to answer like, your
1: question though, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, you yeah. Know, so what we are doing is at MacNica is, you know, like, you know, we want to make sure people are ready on the day of the standard. And to that effect, we have a dev kit that we have been... Um, showing and promoting and, and enhancing. And we we even have reference designs for gateways and things like that. So people can today, right now, um, get our dev kit. It's only uh, 1950 for the encoder decoder. It's got a switch. It's really, we really go to great lengths to to make sure that it's got everything you need for an IPMX environment. And we've we have a lot of people that just buy it just to tire kick, just to just to play with the standard, just to learn about it. And, and then, and then the other group of people that we have by it, they're actually building products with it. So yeah. I really encourage people to get a hold of us and, and, and check it out. It's, it's a great way to, to learn a lot about the standard in a real hands-on way.
0: And uh, we'll put a link into that so you can learn all about the dev kit uh, um, in the description of this podcast below. Uh, Andrew, thank you very much for joining me. Don't forget about the AIM Alliance website as well. AIMS Alliance, sorry, AIMSalliance.org. Uh, Andrew, thank you very much for the update. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks, Gary. It's great talking hey. to you. You too. Take care. With
1: rents and-